this job is no picnic. I don't know that I ever really had it in me, but you do. Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I talk about every single episode of your favorite TV show, Friends. Yes. This is the this is the one where Monica uh gets killed by a ghoul. Uh-huh. Hate I hate that one. <laughs> this is a terrible episode. Joey Monica deserved better. It's just it's just twenty minutes of Joey crying. We didn't even know he had a thing yeah. for Monica, but apparently it does. I don't remember yeah. any friends lore, Chris. Is there a lore to friends? I'm sure. Friends lore was not it would not really on my radar. I watched it like when it was on TV a little bit, but uh-huh. I was in middle school and I, I haven't I'm not one of those people who kinda like got into it after. So um anyway, Sam and Dean, right? Sam and Dean. Uh all of the cast of Friends has donated to our Patreon at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Hate, right. to, hate to... Chandler, <laughs> come on. Thank you, Chandler. But, thank you so you much, know. Chandler um. and Monica and <laughs> Joey and Rachel and... Everyone used to always say that I looked like Chandler and I'd be like, you say that's not an insult, but why, I somehow feel like I'm being insulted. Which one, which one is Chandler? I think that's Matthew Perry. <laughs> I thought Joey was Matthew Perry. Dude, I don't fucking know. Why are we Joey's talking about the, this? The, this isn't the outtakes. Why are we talking? Are we Why'd doing? you bring it up? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for all the patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for donating. They get episodes early and they get um, just the the sheer joy of making this podcast run even more smoothly than it usually does. Chris, we're here not to talk about friends, but to talk about Supernatural season 14. But unfortunately, I have forgotten everything that has happened so far in season 14. Can you Can you help me out? Let me give you a long, Ooh. detailed rundown of everything that's happened. Okay, cue the music. Mighty, mighty. Last time on Supernatural, the boys took a Halloween detour to take down a man haunting the body of a cult classic killer. But with Dean feeling better, it's only a matter of time until something bad happens to him again. Meanwhile, Jack and Cass continue working together, uh, with Cass trying to support the powered-down Jack. No one knows what Michael is up to, and for some reason, serial killer Nick is still out there. Um, 
this is this is another classic case of me riding the road so far at like 7.45 in the morning mm-hmm. and being like, okay, that's good. Now I'm going to start the episode in a minute. Uh, and then I don't start the episode for like five more hours. Okay. okay. <laughs> and then I and then I come on the podcast and I read the road so far. And I think, I wrote that at 7.45 in the morning. It, it just don't flow very well. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should not do that anymore. I should not do that. You're doing a better job. I should not be so confident. <laughs> You're doing a better myself. job than CW does because uh, CW describes season, episode, season 14, episode 5, Nightmare Logic, which was written by Meredith Glenn and directed by Darren Grant and aired on November 8th, 2018. Uh, dare to dream after a hunt goes wrong after a hunt gone wrong leaves maggie's whereabouts unknown false sam dean mary and bobby race to find her also false but they find they are what they find are their own worst nightmares i mean kind of really they don't it's only bobby that has that problem so yeah no uh mm-hmm. i think this is a good episode uh i like same i like the mixture of um kind of meta plots into what feels like a standard everyday uh, hunt for these guys i it's, i love i love a standard hunt with a good little mystery in there good little mystery and uh the supporting characters are, are really good the the woman that plays sasha i think does a really like surprisingly amazing job i hope that's her name she's mm-hmm. not in the cast list for some reason which seems super weird yeah that's her yeah that's her name. okay um but yeah I, I enjoyed this episode a whole lot and it doesn't like it ties in in really small but impactful ways to the to the overall plot um and you know I'm kind of always here for like a Bobby and Mary thing. I don't know if this is a, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a popular fandom thing. I, I, for whatever reason, have the impression that it's not, but I like those two together. They seem like a good couple. So seem like they're just hanging out. Um, yeah, I like this episode a lot. It, uh, it just, it just does things. I think the way that we like them, right. Yes. You know, with mm-hmm. that, with this, the sprinkle of metal plot without anyone belaboring anything. Um, we would love a good big emotional moment when it's earned and sometimes they kind of just like throw that at us and this one's not trying to deal with the big emotional moments it's just sort of dealing with the logistics of everything that's been happening rather than the the emotions of it and i think that they still manage to weave enough emotion in there that this just kind of is firing on all cylinders and they're they're following through with the the plot of sam being a leader to this like team of you know hunters that from another dimension mm-hmm. um in a way that like really makes me wonder how all these people are going to get killed because there's no way they're going to keep <laughs> having all of these people in the bunker man they just can't afford it that's a lot of extras in there <laughs> it's either they all die or they all just eventually move out yeah yeah do they all just go back to their dimension in some shitty way or do they just literally all i hope they don't all die because sam's going to take that really personally um i hope they move out i hope and, they and all sam also takes that really personally <laughs> Cassiel's like, can I have my own room now? And they're like, no, they could come back. Cass. No, Cass. No. <laughs> Cass, you don't sleep. You don't need your own room. <laughs> Maggie said she'd be back one day. One day, Cass. One day. One day. Uh, um, so we start out in Claremore, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Maggie, uh, who we remember from being uh, resurrected from, well, first killed by Lucifer and then resu- She's resurrected been through some by shit. Lucifer. I could. <laughs> For, I can't believe they keep bringing her back. It's so weird. Like, I, I it's interesting. Like, I, I didn't, they keep bringing her back and then not like particularly doing anything. Like, she's just the victim in this whole. They thing. keep dangling like like they're holding the knife to her throat, but they're not cutting it. Yeah. Even when they killed her, they didn't kill her. They didn't really kill her. Uh, she's in some woods graveyards. She finds a vault named with the name Rawlings on it. Um, she gets a camera out of her bag and like records herself doing some stuff, uh, and then and says she's hunting what could be a ghoul. Uh, it's, it's hunter stuff it's, it's hunter stuff hunter dog stuff. and she unsheaths her machete 
goes into the vault. Everything is extremely spooky. She's attacked by a ghoul, and then it's immediate to splash screen time. Um, I I love this uh, setting. Um, I'm glad that they addressed it later on because I was like, who's like, and maybe this is an optics thing. Maybe this is some built in misogyny. I see Maggie walking through the woods and I just thought, why she shouldn't be out there alone. Like this is this, what is this kid doing? Um, but um, they bring it up. That's what, you know, Bobby calls Sam out on that. And he has to kind of justify his decision. And I was like, okay, I'll take a backseat on that one. I was wrong to assume. Um, I mean, I wasn't cause the ghoul did get her, but um. Maggie, Maggie has that problem that I think, um, guys like you and I with a lot of internalized misogyny that we're constantly trying to work out and, and try to work around and make our heads right. Like she just looks like a relatively like small, weak woman person. So we like our instincts mm-hmm. take over and we're like, why is she alone? <laughs> Sam and Dean should be yeah. there. Then I'm like, I don't know, man, you haven't get, been killed by Lucifer and brought back to life. Maybe she has powers now. I don't know. <laughs> like, she's fine. Let the show she's, deal with it. <laughs> she's seen, she's, she came from an apocalypse world where they were at war all the time. Like, she could probably handle a dark forest at night, you know? Yeah. Um, Me and Chris so are we just got, you know, we gotta... are constantly at war with the Redditor inside of our brain. So <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. Uh, so we zip over to, okay. the, to the bunker where Sam yes. is laying it out for the new fo- new guys. Uh, He's like, "Listen, guys, Dean will make fun of you, but lore is important. Lore is okay? important. Say it since day one. If you ignore the lore, then you're going to get in trouble." Uh, I do like this. I like that he is like, "Hey, you know, I know homework sucks, but you got to write this down because everything that we learn is going to make us better in the future." Like, this is this mm-hmm. is Sam and his element. I think like they've they've kind of been pushing this for the last season or so. I think, and they they've been doing a really good job with this. I, I love it. It's also it, 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 uh, not a funny piece of characterization, but I like that this piece of characterization of, of course, Sam researches this stuff and looks at the lore because it helps. It helps in every hunt to know as much as you can. But him just kind of like saying it here. I'm like, you know what? Looking back on all the pointless shit that he would look up in dad's diary and a Wikipedia mm-hmm. and he's hacking credit card statements. Just be like, the more you know what any one small piece of, of anything could come out and be helpful. I'm like, all right. All right, Sammy, I, I, I forgive you for all those days when you were looking at lore instead of taking action. Uh, Dean walks in and he the, the whole crowd kind of stops when they say Dean. Like they could tell that they, they're not real sure what to do with Dean, having recently been possessed and then dispossessed of Michael. Like they just don't know how to, to, to handle him. And so Sam calls the meeting over and they walk into the kitchen together, Sam and Dean do. Um, and I expected Dean to like, make fun of this like i really expected them to go that route with it and he doesn't really say a lot about it he's just like no i think it's a good idea like that's that's all good like he you could tell that he's kind of amused by this a little bit mm-hmm. um yeah i think seeing his brother in this position is just sort of funny to him yeah um but i definitely expect it to go in kind of a uh i don't know what the, the right word is but I, I expect him to make fun of him yeah and he doesn't he never goes there and um it's Sam gets a lot to do in this episode, but it's funny that for once I was like really just kind of into what was going on with Dean this time around. <laughs> I like really, I liked his characterization a lot in this episode. I did too. Um, so on the way to the kitchen, Sam's phone beeps uh, and he, because he has set up a hunter check-in system. Uh, his Nextel is fucking blasted. His Nextel is blasted at Starbucks, like, man. Y'all got Nextels while I was away? <laughs> yeah. God, man, there was how a t- many Nextel jokes have we made on this? Podcast? I don't know, but man, every time you, every time we bring it up, like I just, I'm, I'm, I'm like transported back to every place I would get a plate lunch at in like 2001, and like just Nextel's <laughs> going off constantly from all the dudes over there. My sister had one. She didn't need one. She was a high school student, but she had one, and. 
What do, what do you need a two-way communicator for, Sister Mosier? I don't know. So she's up. She, her old bedroom at her old house used to be at like a, this loft above the family computer. And so I'd be sitting down there, you know, playing games or whatever. And just above me, I just sit like all fucking night. I'm like, can you turn that thing off? Oh, super good. Um, but this is a good idea. Uh, and Dean, for once, is the one that's worried. Uh, he's worried about Sam not sleeping. And Sam's like, hey, I've got way too much going on. Like, we've got 1600s out there. Not counting. Since when, Sammy? Because y'all went on two hunts yeah. in the last like two weeks. Now suddenly you got too much going on. Um, um, it's, which I I like all I do like all this stuff. It is just funny that it was like suddenly things ramped up to the point where Sam couldn't sleep anymore. I'm like, but you were you were just fine. Yeah, you yeah. gotta admit you were just fine. You just went on, on a Halloween date with your with your brother. Yeah. I guess y'all had some serious cases come up this week. It's a whole thing. But anyway, he starts talking about, hey, yes, the, the chiming on the phone, that's that's a hunter check-in. I'm having everybody use those. I'm having everybody use body cams. Um, this is how we stay connected. This is how we stay aware. Um, I even like that you know, the first thing that Maggie says when she had turned on her video camera is she says the location, like where she is. Yeah. Um, or at least she says, like, you know, the city. But um, I, I like all this stuff. It's smart. It's It's... I like that they're allowing the hunters or, or Sam to think and, and evolve and not just work out of the trunk of your car forever. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're allowing things to, to grow to a natural point. And I can understand why this would maybe never happen with hunters that were already existing in this universe. They have their per- close personal friends, of course, but like um, just the, the hunter community at large was never fully connected. It was always just, you know, random weirdos killing things on the side of the road um but to just bring in this group that has nowhere else to go it makes sense that this would kind of all just develop but all that being said he's got these hunter check-ins maggie has now missed her most recent check-in i do want to mention one thing though uh, and this is a classic case of is jeremy reading too much into supernatural or are the writers of supernatural sometimes smart um or c like did they just luck into something because like if you remember back to the men of letters days or the british men of letters days when like this is what the british men of letters wanted to do they wanted to organize all of the hunters and like do this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff sam was all aboard that until they like brainwashed his mom and tried to get her to kill them yeah that's true this is true it makes a lot of sense for me to for to see sam like adopting some of those ways obviously not the brainwashing the mom to kill kill everybody but no no. adopting some and, and b- making this thing more organized in order to be more effective. And because um, again, like the stated goal of Sam and Dean's life, like when they have a chance to talk about long-term goals, it's always to not have to do this. Um, so anything that yeah. gets them to that, I think is super interesting. Uh, but yes, you know, Sam, he's got to hire more people. Bobby did it. He was, he was man in the phones back in the day, but he had like what? 10 guys tops. Sam's he's, trying to do I this mean, whole maybe. fucking big operation. Yeah. Maybe. And uh, no, two and, of them were Sam and Dean, and he and he screened all of Sam's calls. So. <laughs> Never answered the phone when Sam called. Uh, but they, they realize Maggie is missing. They bring her up, uh, realize where she is, and then immediately drive out to the cemetery. Uh, Sam tells Dean that cemetery is owned by all one family. It's a private cemetery. Sam's obviously very, very worried about Maggie because he feels responsibility for her being out here yeah. by herself. Um, uh, Dean is being encouraging and saying like, hey, it's okay. He's being really nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, we don't know what's happened. You know, they go into the vault and find when s- drag marks, but no blood. And he's yeah. like, you know, if there's no blood, that means he didn't feed on her. So there's still a chance that she's alive. Like, he's being really positive throughout this whole thing. 
yeah, there's some line where he says, uh, where Sam is like, oh, she could be dead or whatever he says. And and Dean says, we don't know that yet. And he says it in this, in this way that I was like, that's what Jensen sounds like when he's trying to like cheer up his wife or cheer up his kids or something. Like it was just this, it, it was so impassioned. And I was like, damn, Dean, you're being really nice. Um, <laughs> but I, I also, I really liked the... I don't understand the logistics of how this monster shit works in this. I know they're all like dreams and they're made of dust or something. Mm-hmm. Not really important because um, I had a good time. Uh, but I really like the way that this guy looks when he, this ghoul, you know, quote unquote ghoul, when he attacked Maggie and you see it on, on the camera. He looks like fucking Nosferatu. He does, um, yeah. And I just, I just really appreciate the monster design in this. It was just like, I mean, he's mostly just an old man, but he's wearing the suit. So like kind of coming out of the, the crypt like that, like it looked really cool. And props to Maggie for not being uh, for being terrified of ghouls and not you know Lucifer who beat her to death outside the bunker. So yeah. props to her for apparently getting over all of that. So nice, nice work. She saw all that shit with Lucifer and she was like, "This guy's like, this guy just sucks." He sucks. He just <laughs> Once you meet sucks. Nick, you can't like, be scared of Lucifer. <laughs> you're like, "Oh yeah. god damn, you're just shitty. Oh, this you're just guy? a shitty person." If this is this the vessel that Lucifer even... takes, oh fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's the type of like serial killer who doesn't even get a Netflix documentary. He gets one episode of a YouTube series and it's not good. Um, he's low rent. He's just low rent bullshit. And Maggie can tell that with one look. She knew that about Lucifer and she knows that about Nick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Homie gets one episode on Unsolved Mysteries and they don't even mention his name. Like it's just unsolved. They don't even don't even say it. It's just unsolved. Like, who is this guy? We don't know. Um, while and- they're down there in the crypt, they get called out by the groundskeeper up above. Um, who's like, what in tarnation are you doing down here? This guy never comes back. He he sh- um, he has one more scene uh, where like yeah and, I was and, waiting and the camera fl- goes to him in such a deliberate manner. I was like, well, he's obviously the bad guy. Like obviously that's what's mm-hmm. happening here. What, what do we- he's obviously the bad guy, or he knows something's going on. It was one of those two mm-hmm. things, and it's neither. Is that is it a red herring if it's just nothing? <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, that's what a red herring is. Um, yes yeah i guess they present themselves as uh members of the historical society so that they and they think that this property is going to be marked as historic so the groundskeeper leads them to neil um who they assume is the owner of the property uh and neil is super excited about uh this this idea and then he starts asking like well why why does it take so many of you guys and uh drumroll please they discover that bobby and mary are there and they have this really tense conversation where because uh, because Neil is asking like why are there so many of you and Sam's like well you know I guess I guess somebody didn't check into the with the main office and Bobby's like maybe it's because the main office is run by a bunch of idiots and I'm like Jesus Christ Bobby what what's with the yeah, attitude whoa. today whoa <laughs> hey what is good it's just very funny that they all decided on the same cover without having to plan ahead yeah um, I really want to see the the rules of operations that Sam has written up for these kind of situations like did they does he like see that the house is there is like this house is kind of like over 100 years old historic society or like you know what I'm saying like is there yeah. like is there an if then kind of planned to go through all of the different you know identities <laughs> yeah um so it is it actually is funny like looking back now um as clue masters at Neil here um does Neil have a last name by the way nope Okay, because at one point in the um, subtitles, uh, Dean says Mr. Harrison, and I don't know if he was referring to Sam to or Sam. Bobby yeah, or somebody. That was Ill- Sam's made up. Okay, because I remember reading that, and then he, they walk in and they see uh, Mr. Rowling in his bed, and I was like, "But that's he just said a different yeah, name." Yeah. But okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so, anyway, it's it's funny. It's funny to see Neil's excitement 
at the sight of them because I'm thinking like, dude, this guy just loves history. But yeah. really, he's looking at he thinks he's looking at Michael, which is uh, you know, it's a fun twist. Spoilers. <laughs> um, Bobby cops a little bit of an attitude, and we find out that Neil isn't the owner; he's just the nurse for Mister Rawlings, who's in a hospital bed. Um, Mary pulls Sam to the side and says, like, hey, you know, we definitely should have checked in. Maggie was checking in with us, and when she stopped texting, we just came here. We we should have made the phone call. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Dean goes up to Mr. Rawlings in this hospital bed, and it's the exact picture of the ghoul that attacked uh, yeah. Maggie on the video, which, frankly, Chris, makes no sense with the existing stuff in this episode. Like, he's not crawling Mm-mm. out. Like, is Maggie scared of this one old guy as a ghoul? I Say what? Don't know. But it really doesn't matter because I don't care that much because the episode is fun. <laughs> it's fun. Exactly. I guess, yeah, I don't know. The the Jin is just projecting stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really piece that part together. I didn't think about it. And um, that's where I failed as a clue master. So sometimes, um, you, hey, sometimes people set the pieces down and they don't get picked up, Chris. That's, that's 200 and something episodes. This is the first time I've been wrong. That's so it's pretty good. You know, I mean, one out of like 250 episodes, you're doing good. Yeah. Um, um, and the listeners, they know, they know they, I always get understand. it. So yeah. uh, <laughs> We flash over to Maggie, who is chained up in a, like a basement looking situation, um, uh-huh. and she's got she's, she's <laughs> jokes on us. It's an attic. <laughs> it's an attic. They got me again, Chris. Fucking, see, <laughs> are they being antagonistic to the Clue Master fans out there? Is that what this is? That's, is dude, this this was an anti Clue Master episode. They were is trying to the, foil is this us. the Clue Masters Becky? Is that what's happening right now? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the hell what did i ever do to you meredith glenn <laughs> i didn't do not, anything i'm just over here picking up pieces. master rules yeah God. if, if uh, there's no pieces to pick up or if the pieces i pick up don't fit together that's not a that's not a clue master problem that's a yep. clue problem you got yourself a wandavision situation um oh. They, we see Maggie chained up. Uh, she's surrounded by bl- by blood bags, um, and then we find out that Rollins had a stroke uh, when Neil introduces them to Sasha, his daughter, who is very skeptical and super stressed out because she had to move back home to kind of take care of her dad's stuff. And then she just immediately kicks them out. And she's like, "You know what? I don't, I don't have time to deal with these like four weird people in my house. You guys can come back later. Bye." Yeah. Um. Our our crew goes outside. Bobby instantly rules out ghouls. Uh, Dean and Mary rule out shifters. And then Bobby uh, throws some flack at Sam for letting Maggie come out here by herself and says, you know, that's, that's, not, the, that's not what a good leader would do. That he starts questioning yeah. Sam's leadership. When Bobby uh, called it out, I was like, oh, I don't like that. And that's when I had to check myself before I, um, you know, wrecked myself. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's delivered pretty harshly but also like it's i think it's a fair criticism like we're gonna see later yes, yes in the episode where when sam and dean are like calling around to other hunters and sam's like use the buddy system of like oh we should be going out in pairs like there should be no situation where i'm sending you know a 21 girl 21 year old girl from the another universe off by herself to hunt a ghoul like that's that's ridiculous so you know it's just not the safest plan of action that's all Mary steps in as kind of the peacemaker here because uh, things are getting a little tense. Uh, she says that her and Sam will go look for some stuff and Bobby and Dean can go out and look for some stuff. Uh, when Sam and Mary, or excuse me, when Mary and Sam are by themselves, uh, she tells Sam not to listen to Bobby, but of course Sam's like, well, you know, you could be, could be kind of right. Uh, and Mary stops him and is like, you know, watching you for the last few weeks or months, I don't forget what the time frame is, uh, I can tell that this is what you were born to do. And that's true even if Bobby doesn't see it right now. Um, which, you know, always here for Mary Winchester just supporting her boys. Like I you know, I like Mary a whole lot. So I'm I'm glad that she's she's on Team Sam on this, this situation. Yeah. 
Same. Same. Um, the mixed up joke about John here. Did you ever talk about that? Um, it's it's in this conversation where uh, she says, you know, that because Sam asks about her and Bobby and about their relationship, basically, and Mary's like, you know, he hasn't really stopped hunting. We haven't really had it, had a break or anything, so we haven't talked about anything. And he, she says, you know, Bobby isn't, you know, open with his emotions like your dad. And Sam's like, with John, <laughs> my John? Yeah. Are you sure? My John? We're we different guy, right? Different John? No. Okay. Same dad. Oh, same dad. I only have one dad. Okay. Same guy. All right. See, Jack has three dads, so I thought maybe you meant a different dad, yeah. but no. Okay. Sam, Sam do you know Mary's like, works? Did, did, did anybody explain pregnancy to you, Sam Winchester? I know <laughs> you were really confused about the Amara thing, was, but just, um, I mean, I somebody even... should sit you down with the book of it and some birds and some bees. And he's like, everybody keeps telling me about the birds and the bees and I don't get it. I don't get it. Birds and bees can't mate. So they stop bringing them up. They're not the same species. It's weird when you say that. Anywho, we uh, we cut over to uh, Bobby and Dean. They're talking. Bobby says maybe he was too hard on Sam. Dean says um, Sam has been killing himself over the shit. He's he's working too hard. He's not getting any sleep. And it's just, you know, um, just normal concern stuff from Dean. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't like he doesn't agree with Bobby, uh, but he says, you know, like, hey, like he's he's doing a good job and he's putting this all into this. Like he's exceeding expectations. Like he's actually complimentary of Sam out of Sam's presence, which I thought was, you know, fun. Um, yeah. We switch back over to Sam and Mary where uh, Mary is asking, uh, you know, should, you know, should she, she's not even sure if she wants to pursue Bobby, if he's willing to wall off his emotions. And Sam's like, Hey, you know, people wall off stuff for a lot of reasons. And if you care about him, like then you should find out what those reasons are. Um, and he tells Mary about Bobby's backstory about the wife and the no kids and all that stuff. Um, and I find this like just really charming because Mary's like, I don't even know why I'm talking to you about this. That like, this is not a normal conversation. And he, she, he's like, no, 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 it's yeah. no big deal. Like, and I, it's just really nice to see like any sort of family support in the Winchesters <laughs> that's not sacrificing <laughs> mm-hmm. themselves for another Winchester. Like, I know we get a lot of that with D- Sam and Dean. I just, I just really like seeing this like casual emotional work that they're doing with Sam and Mary. Casual, healthy conversation, normal mm-hmm. stuff. Good to see it. Um, and we get to think about old Bobby for a little while, which is always a bittersweet time. Um, they, so just as this conversation is coming to an end, they, they find something. It's like a charred, like fire pit or something like that. Before we find any answers on that, we cut back over to Dean and Bobby, who come upon a shed in the woods. And while Dean goes inside to, you know, investigate what's going on with the shed, Bobby spots somebody off in the woods and goes after him without saying anything to Dean. Bad um, form. And then this is not in the bad form that Sam he, gave. He's you. not using the buddy system. Um, Where's your next tell, Bobby? <laughs> yeah, come on, come Bobby. On. I'm chirping like a fucking caged bird over here. Where are you at? <laughs> um. So we see Mary, she finds a bunch of burned out IDs, realizes, oh, these are hunters or a single hunter. I don't know. Um, All their shit's been burnt up. Clearly, some hunters have died here previously. Uh, And then we cut right back over to Dean, who finds a a body and then realizes that Bobby's not with him anymore. And just then he is attacked by the same old man, I think, that Maggie was attacked by. Um, And when Dean goes to defend himself, the old man just turns to dust. Uh, the Wikipedia helpfully said that this was uh, reminiscent of the way that vampires die in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I did not really pick up on. I just thought it was a cool effect, but I'm, I'm shouting that out for the Buffy fans out there. See if they All agree. right. Shout out. Um, they, uh, Dean walks out and Bobby is there and they do the like, what happened to you kind of thing. 
Meanwhile, inside the house, Shasha's doing some paperwork, uh, watching her dad be in a coma and hears some noises. So she goes upstairs to investigate. Uh, this is very slow paced and very good. Like Supernatural knows how to do this horror stuff really, really well. About yeah, it. I like the uh, the focus on horror a lot in the last two episodes. This is like a good slow build in this you know haunted house setting, right? We of yeah. course we know shit's going on, but after seeing what we just saw with Dean, we know that things aren't what we thought they were. So. And- she approaches the door um, of what we're going to later learn to be the attic, and when she opens it, surprise vampire. Uh, just a fucking face full of teeth coming at her. So she, she turns around, teeth. runs away, falls to the ground, kind of puts her hands over her head, and then nothing happens. Um, and she like gets up and looks uh, and realizes like nothing's chasing her. And then we, we kind of crash into a little bit later where she's explaining all of this to Sam and... Um, Mary, uh, which you know prompts them to be like, "Hey, you're not you're not actually crazy. Like it's we mm-hmm. we hunt monsters. Like you gotta you gotta so, do the thing." I just I just put this together. Is is the the ghoul maybe generated out of Sasha's mind? You know, she's seeing her her father in a coma. He like as if he's already dead. You know, is this like some subconscious thing that the Jin is maybe pulling out of her? Is that a thing that it can just do? Because it's obviously it's taking the vampires from Maggie, right? Yes. Um, I'm just trying to make it make sense. Not that it really matters that much, but I, I could see I if it like... was somehow influencing, or maybe even fucking taking it out of what's his name, um, Mister Rawlings. Like, yeah. it, it, the the Jin is tapped into him, so I guess that would make sense, right? That he he's it's projecting this sort of inward image of himself as this living corpse type thing that he's afraid of. I don't know. It doesn't we're going to, we're going to learn that the reason that this, this, this gen has extra super duper powers is because of Michael. So I'm, I'm willing to, to, to walk out onto this limb of like the gen has these fears around him from these people and can kind of use them at his discretion. Right. Mm, mm. Um, and you know, maybe he, he mentions that he has to like touch someone to get their fears and he doesn't touch Maggie. So it makes sense that, she does he doesn't have the vampires for her when she goes into the vault. Like he's using what is laying around, right? Like maybe that would make more sense. And like that would be terrifying to Sasha and but also just scary in general. So, you know, of course Maggie gets scared about it. And then later once he's able to touch Maggie, he's does the vampire thing and he's able to use that to scare Sasha. So Yeah. Yeah. When does he touch um, Bobby is my question. But we, we don't really have to get into it. But I don't I don't remember. I guess it they the maybe episode. shook hands when he when he showed up or something, right? Maybe so yeah. Um Notably in this conversation, uh, they Bobby is missing. Uh, Mary, mm. he's Dean says he went to the truck. I do want to point out there's going to be like some extended bits um, of Neil and Sasha just being kind of overwhelmed by the fact that there's monsters and that these people are hunters, and all of it is extremely enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. just all very fun. Like there's a couple of times I was like, wait a minute, like that can't possibly that, that can't happen. It's like, man, you have no idea what can happen. Like, I just, I love yeah, being a, yeah. explaining the, the, the life to normies and having them like just reel with it for like 30 minutes. It's very good. It's always good. It's always good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Dean has now matched the body that he found to one of the IDs that Mary found. Uh, like you said, Bobby's missing. So, uh, Mary goes out to the truck to find Bobby. Um, and Sam says he wants to talk to the groundskeeper, but he's gone. And that's again, it, it's nothing. The groundskeeper's Dude. not involved. Meredith Glenn, you got um, me, man. You got me. What, what but, are you doing? But you're, here... You're, you're laying down clues and I'm picking them up and they're not clues, so Meredith. Clues. They're not clues. Um, here, like, the boys are getting confused. They're like, none of this makes any goddamn sense. What the hell is going on? Um, 
And then he's just, Sam starts saying, oh, could this be a man- manifestation? Like Fred Jones, who is the guy who in the cartoon episode that they did um, a couple seasons back. My thought was in season three, there's the girl in the hospital who's like in a coma and her spirit is manifesting like fairy tales, like t- twisted fairy tales coming yeah, to yeah, life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of that, like, you know, something similar. But um, they there's they're starting to you know pick some things apart here because this isn't a standard ghoul it's not a vampire it's not a ghost like something something's up here um and then they kind of put it together finally hey uh sasha was trying to go into the attic she was purposely scared away from it so sam goes to check in the attic yep um while he's doing that mary is continuing into the woods around the truck to find bobby he's he's nowhere to be found Bobby, uh, why'd you park so far away? <laughs> Bobby, you could just park next to the house. We're, we're we're legal people here. It's okay. They got a big driveway. <laughs> it's a huge driveway, Bobby. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> Sasha, meanwhile, is popping what she calls benzos and uh, and having a drink while Dean sharpens his machete in the background, which is kind of annoying to her. Um, and then they kind of proceed to have this like little heart to heart, which. Uh, Normally, when the in, when the, I almost call them NPCs. <laughs> Normally, when the side characters <laughs> are have have the problem that uh, is is most reflective on the problem that the main characters are having, I'm, I get a little eye rolly. But like, I don't know. She when Dean tries to commiserate with this woman, and she like initially shuts him down, and then is like, "Hey, my dad was a workaholic. My mom committed suicide. I'm the one that found her when I was 12. Dad never really cared." And then Dean is like, "Hey, like." I've got a lot of shit in my life too. And my best advice is just to let it go, like work on it every single day and let it go. It's just baggage. Like, otherwise you're just Mm going to be, you're not going to be able to move forward. And I I just like seeing Dean give like realistic life advice based on his experiences and characterization. It's (laughs) what is this? Honestly, this is, these are the kind of things that I, that I like so much more than the outbursts of anger or, or any of that other stuff. Not because again, those things aren't something, they aren't valid. It's just that, I just think that Dean is in a different place now, even if he's in a darker place sometimes than he has been in the past. Um, I don't know. This stuff just rings truer to me. This feels like Dean, a more accurate version of, of I guess, my version of Dean, right? Um, and I think this moment is, is pretty touching when, when he says all that and she says, okay, is that what you do? And, and Dean says, I try every single day. Um, and I just, I, I, I liked it. I liked the way that, that they handled it and, and it, it fit in line with my version of him. I will forgive Meredith for dropping all these fake clues for me to pick up Dude, because she's Meredith, doing a really good characterization work in this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Miss Glenn, Miss Glenn, can you can you please come on the podcast? We we need to have a conversation. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Sam is headed to the attic uh, again with some really great like overhead shots here. I made a note of this, so you'll probably see that in a future video one day because it's a good shot. <laughs> uh, and he goes into the attic where he finds Maggie, you know, strapped up. She got an IV in her na- in her neck. Um, he she's saying it's here it's here it's here and when sam looks around the vampire attacks but again uh, when he stabs it it bursts into dust uh maggie tries to apologize for getting caught of course sam's like no don't do that uh and then we switch over to bobby who is wandering around the woods by himself uh when he sees daniel uh Mm. who walks up says hey dad and then just starts punching bobby uh, Daniel has the worst voice I think I've heard on this show, Chris. What is going on with this guy's, like, whatever he's doing here? Is this a... I don't know. It's... It, I mean, it's certainly a nightmare. It is certainly a nightmare. It's not good, is what it is. Um, Daniel uh, beats the crap out of Bobby, punches him, kicks him when he's down, eventually picks him up and shoves a knife into his uh, He arm. impales him to a tree with an angel blade. Yeah. 
dude, the gin is upgrading, Chris. The gin is the upgrading. Gin is upgrading. Uh, and that's when he he's talking about how, you know, he was captured by the angels in war and they crucified him. Um, we're going to get into, you know, more of that stuff later. But um, this is when Mary shows up. She shoots the manifestation several times, uh, then, you know, doesn't do anything else and allows herself to be punched and almost choked out. Um, it, it doesn't. She just fires that gun in several times, sees it's not doing anything, but doesn't back up doesn't raise her hands she just lets herself be taken down i hate when they do this and i feel like they specifically do it a lot with mary where she just like suddenly doesn't know how to be a hunter now sam and dean do this shit all the time too um but it was just like you could have gotten away from that one mary anyway she's getting choked out bobby comes in uh he somehow frees himself from his uh impaled spike sure uh and saves uh mary and once again the man turns to dust i don't know why mary's bullets couldn't turn him to dust but um hey at least the angel blade apparently was real because bobby still has it in his hand as the as the rest of it turns to dust it was real enough to pin him to the tree so i don't know the logistics of this but problem solved (laughs) problem solved uh we go back to the house where dean and sasha find neil kind of hovering over rollins body in the hospital bed and that's when Dean notices that there's uh, blood in the IV bags, uh, which Neil is quick to say, oh, that's not blood. That's just some sort of medicine. And then Dean, <laughs> trying to get Sasha out of the room, just straight up asked her to make her make him a sandwich. And Sasha's Dude. like, are, are, what? Are you, did you just ask me to make you a sandwich? <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, so funny. Gets, and they've done this before, too, back with the shifter thing in season one, where Sam's like, can you make us a sandwich? Oh, I forgot like, about that. Each, yeah. Each shit sandwich Jester, no and that's what sasha is doing it's like you could tell dean just got flustered and he didn't know what to say he was just very <laughs> he's he he put on the spot like if i told you so to say something funny right like, now like you would you would think about you uh, 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 like couldn't do it couldn't do out. it say so so dean says like the most misogynistic thing it's funny we're talking about our own that he can think of um as soon as he says it, he's like fuck that wasn't that wasn't good that wasn't helpful um and she's looking <laughs> at him until he literally like mouths the words like like hey this guy's a fucking gin she goes oh okay dean is also fighting his inner redditor so <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> but it's just you can hear it. he said it and he went nope uh-uh no <laughs> wasn't the right i could have you know could ask for anything else <laughs> oh shit um sasha leaves uh which allows uh dean to draw down on neil um and uh he, that he, get... that he's like whoo <laughs> almost got almost got trouble for that one and Neil's like what <laughs> And he was like, I didn't, I didn't see anything wrong with it. What's your oh, gin? You're, 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 you're misogynist with your inner redditor. <laughs> I see. Neil's like, I'm on Reddit all the time. What do you think I do in between kills? Reddit's yeah, a really interesting place to see new videos. What How are you do you think about? I became a gin? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the path? Is that what happens? That's, uh, it's one path. It's one path. It's, Oh, that's so funny. Um, Dean draws his gun, uh, and he has figured it out because he remembers his time being in one of those rigs. Um, And, yep, surprise, uh, we've been talking about the whole episode. Neil is a gin. Neil is like, I I know, you should know this. You're the one that told me to do this. Uh, But And then realizes that this is not actually Michael in disguise, but just Dean, the the vessel. Um, We find out that Neil has been asked by Michael. I just, I love that as part of the twist. I really do. Yeah. not only was this guy the Jin, which, you know, it could have been any one of them, right? But not only was he the Jin, but he also just was like, wait, this isn't like a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 
Wait a minute. I thought we You're had a thing going. <laughs> I was rolling with you. This is improv. I thought we were doing this really is... well. Come on. The whole sandwich thing. I was thrown off, but. <laughs> I was with it, though. I was I was willing to roll with you. I'm going to uh... yes and you until everybody's in the grave around here. Like, I have no problem doing this. Uh, uh, we, we find I just, out... Yeah, I love that. I um, that Michael has souped up his powers in exchange for him to set up shop somewhere quiet and kind of bait hunters in so that they can kill him. So basically like a little honeypot for or murdering hunters. Um, yeah. Now he doesn't have to put people into the gen coma to see, make them see their worst fears. He can just merely touch them and then bring them to life, which is what we've been seeing and kind of like poking holes at this entire episode. Um, he says that he's kept Rollins alive because his worst nightmare is dying in this house alone and kind of unloved. Uh, of course, Maggie was scared of vampires because the vampires killed her whole family back in the war universe or whatever. Um, Neil starts walking closer to Dean and it's like, Hey, we, we both know that gun's not going to kill me. Like, and I don't think you have a, you know, pointy stick with lamb's blood on it. And Dean's like, yeah, but I can slow you down. It just shoots the guy in the fucking knee, which is yeah. really funny to me. Like, I, I like the idea of him just like, Oh, nope, you don't have a knee anymore. So I can run away mm-hmm. from you. Uh, and then later on, he just fucking brains this dude. <laughs> dude. Um, this is the most violent we've seen Dean be since like the Mark of Cain era. Since he stuck a gun in Kaya's face, yeah. Well, yeah, true. But at least he didn't shoot Kaya. He was just a threat, I guess. Maybe that's worse. Maybe that's my editor talking, Chris. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So here's where something something a little interesting happens. Um. Neil says that he's not gonna he's not gonna damage the meat suit, right, uh, or the monkey suit. But he he does look into Dean's nightmares, and then he's kind of taken aback. Now he says, "You." your and then doesn't finish a sentence because uh gene gets the upper hand and brains him um so i i was thinking three different things here one it was either that D- dean's nightmares are so fucked up that this dude was like uh-uh, i ain't touching that shit no way <laughs> no way bucko uh number two was that him seeing oh shit wait michael's still in there i thought yeah. that this was dean like what's going on here uh three i wondered if there was something else somehow in there like god or amara i don't think that they're going to be back in play or i don't think certainly don't think amara is going to be back in play um but i just it it got my imagination going which we know can be a dangerous thing with this show Mm -hmm. um so i'm just curious because this happened so many times with sam right when he would have no soul and people would be like wait you're weird uh or when he had the angel inside of him in season nine and everybody's like wait what's going on here but somebody just did this to dean and yet, supposedly, there isn't anything in there. Um, the most likely explanation is Michael, but I'm kind of, I'm still hoping that it, maybe it's something, it's a big, a bit of a surprise. My my hope on this is that it's um, a combination of just everything that Dean has gone through in his entire life. Um, just like the, the going to hell, coming back, Mark of Cain, you know, every, every bad thing that that man has gone through. Um, and as well as like what Michael put him through, like he's mentioned that he was, he remembered every moment of it as drowning, um, whether, mm. you know, he means that liter- literally or metaphorically or whatever, but like whatever all of that stuff is, was just too much for this poor Jin to, to handle. I really hope that Michael is still not in here somehow and that we don't have a, a lot of like, is it Michael or is it Dean back and forth throughout season 14? Mm-hmm. That would kind of bum me out. But also like, I still don't really get why Michael just jetted. So like I, anything is on the table at this point. Right. Um, is he a shifter? Is this fake Dean? 
Is this fake Dean? We've talked about this it, so long. We're going back to season one. I was like, is Dean uh, not real? Uh, man. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I like this concept, though. Like, he gets terrified, which gives Dean the upper hand. Dean brains them with a fucking paperweight and then unloads his gun in this dude's face, which, like, I know we yeah. have to, like, work hard to kill a gin, but this seems like a, you're going to kill a fucking gin. It, it makes me wonder, it's like, does that kill it? Or does it just fuck it up enough that it's like, who even gives a shit? We can just take our time, go back, get what we need and kill this thing. Or does it just, you cause enough physical destruction, the thing is just eventually dies. I don't know. I remember, wasn't that a, a Bobby line is like, you know, um, a wooden stake will work, but a wood chipper will also work or whatever. Like, I vaguely yes, remember that yes, line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, not much will survive a wood chipper. Um, yeah. And then we... Uh, we see Dean pulling out all of the IVs from uh, Rawlings, who's still in the bed. He's telling Sasha, like, he'll probably just get better. Um, Dean leaves as the dad wakes up, and Sasha, like, dude, has this not, moment. Dude, Sasha, Sasha comes back in, and I'm just like, imagine hearing all that from the other room. Yeah, and you <laughs> come back in. Multiple gunshots. <laughs> and, your, and your father's nurse is on the, just a giant puddle in the ground, like a, just a giant, yeah. messy puddle of brains and goo. Gross. She comes back in with that sandwich. <laughs> Like, I didn't know what to do with myself, so I did just make you one. And Dean, dude, Dean doesn't even hesitate. He just takes it, takes it, like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> he just chows down. Was this a BLT? You didn't have to do this. I just was thinking, like, a normal ham and cheese, Sasha. This is yeah. great. <laughs> She's like, when I heard the second round of gunshots, I thought you might be a while. So. Yeah, so I figured I would, like, le- let you clean up and I'll fry up some bacon to hold up the smell. Um,. We jump back basically to the bunker uh, where all of our newbies are hard at work when Sam brings a disheveled Maggie in and it's hugs all around and it's extremely sweet. And I, if they're not going to kill these people, they need to start giving them names pretty soon, Chris, because I'm kind of liking this crew. <laughs> um, and Dean says something that I think is, is really nice is he looks at Sam and he's like, you know, you did this. You got her home. Like if it wasn't for Sam's system of, making sure that they were recording themselves and body cams, they would not have been able to find her. Uh, and Sam is the one that like actually saved her, like went to the attic and, and saved her, even though uh, Dean is the one that killed the thing. I think this is a, a really big moment of Dean just being able to acknowledge like Sam's agency and competency right now. And I, I'm really here for it. Uh, same. Um, I like what we're seeing from Sam in a, in a somehow in a bigger way. I, I like what I'm seeing from Dean and, and just, where we're at right now with everybody. I know it's it's not going to last. It's not going to last at all. But um, last couple episodes, just seeing everybody kind of like doing their own thing without it, you know, dragging everybody else down around them. It just feels good. It feels good. My favorite moment of this last scene is when um, uh, Dean reaches into the fridge and grabs a beer. Um, and whatever, I don't remember what, what Sam says, uh, but he starts by saying, Dean, where, and I thought he was going to say, where's my beer? And I thought we were going to get this big laugh out of it. It was going to be a whole, a whole thing. We're like, hey, we're doing okay. We're going to drink some beers together. We're just a couple of brothers, you know? We're just a couple of brothers. Uh, Sam let me down there, unfortunately. But for the rest, for the rest of the episode, I, I, you know, I liked what I saw. Um, we have we still get a little shadow of the doubt at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we also have this whole scene with Mary and Bobby where uh, she's bandaging up the, the, the hole through his body that was caused by an yes. angel blade. Um, and then Bobby confessing, like, or not necessarily confessing, but like detailing the stuff that happened with Daniel. And this this version of Bobby married and had a kid. Um, his wife was killed by something supernatural. We don't we're not specified what. 
And then him and Daniel got into the hunter life. And when the Angel War started, he was put in charge of uh, what he calls a platoon, and Daniel was one of his soldiers. They got separated. Daniel was taken by the Angels, and they, he doesn't even know what happened to him. He presumes he's dead. He never found the body. Uh, and tells Mary that, like, Daniel was the best thing in my life. Um, and he confesses that, like, I assumed that that Angel War would kill me, and when it didn't, I guess I've I've been looking for other options because, you know, all of this ends the same. And Mary has this reaction and says, like, you're not allowed to, to, to give up on me. Like, you can't just give up on yourself or me. And he says, I don't know any other way to live. And Mary responds, mm. well, let's go find one, um, which is very sweet. I think uh, Mary taking some time and being like, hey, there's, there's this broken dude that I, you know, that seemed, very much seems Mary Winchester's type, even though John wasn't broken for a long time until after, after she, he met her. No, he, but, he was just like a normal dude. <laughs> Um, but after catch and now, and now alternate Bobby, like I'm just saying, she's got a type, dude. Yeah, she's she's so. Uh, I skipped ahead when I was talking about the beer scene, but yeah, yeah, that's um, fine. doesn't matter. Okay, so Mary and Bobby, very sweet scene. They're gonna they're gonna find something good. They're gonna take a break. You know, they've been guest starring in a few too many episodes. So CW said, "Hey, pump the brakes. Let's uh, you know save for the mid season finale." Um, and yeah, okay. So Mary and Bobby come back in and they say, did we, did you already talk about this? I'm getting all fucking mixed up. No, no, no. You're good. Keep going. They're going on vacation. They're going to to Donna's cabin. They're just taking a, taking a vacation. Mary is like falling over herself, apologizing and stuff. Um, but Dean is like, no dude, you're going on a vacation. Half a, half a day's drive away. That's cool. It's different when you disappeared from our lives to go hunt with catch. That I was mad about. That was that was super shady. You going and I did on not vacation like. with the new Bobby is cool with me. Yeah, yeah. This is all fine. Like you guys need a break. Like I, I think Sam needs a break too. But that's fine. Just I know I could be a little controlling, but yeah, I'm not yeah. that. Controlling. You're gonna answer my phone calls this time, right? Like, and then he picks up the yeah. next tail and it's like, <laughs> just making sure it works. She's like, I ain't touching that fucking thing. <laughs> stop it dean <laughs> sam you have blown my cover so many times with that stupid fucking nextel i'm not bringing it anymore uh why can't you mute it why did just why is it not a normal cell phone that you can just turn the noise off it's so big even if you turn the noise off you can still hear the thing vibrating in your bag <laughs> <laughs> so they leave um sam and dean um call their friends uh dean calls garth we don't hear or see garth of course uh, he's just said um the name is said and they're letting them know that like these hunter traps exist sam as i mentioned earlier is telling people like hey hunt in pairs he says the buddy system i really think he should just say hunt in pairs like the buddy system sounds so like condescending to it has to be a 40 year old man who's killed a bunch of vampires in his life but whatever um and then when they're finished dean says like hey i'd I know this is not my fault um, and that it's Michael's fault. And I've been doing like a, my, my damnedest to move on and not forget things, but like make myself realize that it's not my fault. And everything was going pretty well until right now, until I see that Michael has set up all of these traps for not his family, but like his, his extended brothers, basically, I guess like his, mm-hmm. his compatriots in the fight. Um, and Sam is, of course, again, you know, very optimistic, like, hey, we're going to go. I think he says he's going to find Darth Kaya. I think he actually says Darth Kaya in this. I didn't watch. Yeah, Dark Kaya. But uh, it was still like, oh, y'all just calling her that. All right. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, they're going to get the spear. They're going to kill Michael, um, even if they don't really know how yet. Like, we're going to do it. And 
we end the episode with Dean looking at him kind of like it just saying, I, I hope you're right. Um, so like Dean is obviously going through some shit, but he's not willing to like, he's not raging out about it. Right. He's not regressing into a depression hole. He's not breaking stuff in the, in the room. He's just like, I, I really hope you're right. Like I'm here for it. Even if he doesn't, if you, even if you can tell, he doesn't quite believe it yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cause God is inside of him. That's because Chuck is inside Dean. Yeah. And that's, you know, None of my business, but I am curious to know how it how it happened. Yeah, and uh, we mentioned at the top, but I think I think this is a really good episode. Like the the stuff that yeah. it ties into Michael, I think is really interesting. I like that Michael is setting up what's basically distractions for hunters because he probably realizes like hunters are going to be his main threat in this universe. Um, so setting all of this stuff up, it really seems to me like even though he's presenting it to the monsters as like you're going to help me take over the world, it just really feels like a smokescreen so that he can do whatever the fuck he wants to without the distractions mm-hmm. of the hunters constantly chasing him. Yeah. Um, I think so. And I'm, I'm here for Mary and Bobby. Dude. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I ship it or whatever, but like, I, I like the two we characters. We won't together. see them for a while. Cause they've just been effectively written off for the time being. Sure. But yeah. yeah. We're not going to see them until the entire bunker gets exploded by Michael and everybody in it. Dies, until but everyone moves into Donna's cabin. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see this new set of Donna's cabin, which is mysteriously like Bobby's cabin. And that one, one, uh, that yeah. couple episodes where Dean had the broken leg and he had to go watch, uh, you know, they Mar-Mar. got like four sets. Who gives a shit, right? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> but a good episode <laughs> good episode yeah I, I had a lot of fun with this one Clu- clues all over the place really want to know what that groundskeeper was up to but um nothing that, good good stuff we get, we'll wait for the nothing sequel good, i'll tell you that much <laughs> nightmare logic 2 coming soon uh so that's it for us today uh thank you everybody for listening thank you for the people that are uh reaching out and telling us that you're listening we've gotten a bunch of social media posts and dms and um, I finally figured out how to message people on TikTok. People have been messing us random supernatural TikToks, <laughs> which are very funny. So thank you to, for all of that stuff. Um, thank you for the reviews on iTunes and um, uh, Podbean or whatever the fuck that is <laughs> that our homegirl uh, always leaves comments on. Um, thank you for all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We really appreciate you. We will be back next week with an episode Where'd it go? I lost it. Uh, what we do for love. Ooh. 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 Damn. Bye, everybody. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
You got a fan in there? You can turn it on. I can just do the noise removal. Nah. There's no fan in here. What the F, Discord? I mean, it was probably just my internet because I just kept disconnecting. Um, Whatever. Whatever. Whatever, Chris Mosher. Whatever. Whatever. I had to work late. Discord isn't working or my internet's not working. Even though it was just working when I was working. And it's hot as hell. So we're in for an episode. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) You're ready to get started? We're talking about some hunks. Let's get let's get these uh let's get the show on the road. Um Do we need to go shirtless for this one? I'll join you in some shirtless activities. I'll straight up take my shirt off. No one will know, (laughs) but I'll know. (laughs) I have um one time I started a podcast and um I forget what the situation was, but like it was it wasn't with you or anything, but um and I had I had just come home from work and I had been like rushing around and I had to like race to start the podcast and like I sat down and I still had my polo shirt on and my jeans and everything and um I was in the middle of the summertime and I just over the course of the podcast just like very quietly and surely uh just took <laughs> off all of my clothes until I was sitting here in my undershirt and my boxers. So see, I know that it wasn't Monster of the Week, because you would have just told me. I would have just <laughs> too straight up said it. Yeah, yeah. doing it. <laughs> oh. It gets a little warm sometimes, man. It gets a little warm. You know what? We had, It was 95 degrees yesterday, so it's not that hot now. It's just really stuffy in this room. Um, we got, what are we, well, 79 degrees. That's on the warmer end. Um, could be looked. a hell of a lot worse. I haven't even looked at the weather. told you yesterday I got a fucking sunburn. I was outside for 15 minutes. I was like, is this a joke? Am I a joke to you? What is going on? Yeah, we're uh we're high eighties um for the next week or so, which blows. But that's summertime, baby. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Weather check with two old guys that are talking about a TV yep. show. Everybody loves yep. the weather check. Everyone loves a good weather check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Did you know, Chris? Okay. That that stuff changes. Mm-hmm. What the weather? The weather, day to day. You got to keep all that shit, dude. You I could... thought it was on. I thought it was on a fixed schedule. Nope, nope. You just never know what's gonna no happen. No wonder I'm always so confused. <laughs> I know Massachusetts is just like Louisiana that you just gotta wait ten minutes and it'll change, right? Like that's the way that works. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. We got like four different thunderstorms yesterday, um, but at no point was it ever really rainy. We just had thunderstorms and then it was back to being sunny and hot. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah, we had a we had a bunch of rain over the last couple of weeks, and it was it would do that thing where it would like pour ass rain for fifteen minutes, and then the sun would come out at full volume and like just be the worst outside, just the fucking absolute mm-hmm. worst. Mm-hmm. Did I say no Massachusetts thanks. correctly, by the way? Massa- Massachusetts. It's not just say Mass. Just say Mass. That's no, what we say. No, no, no. I can't just say Mass. It's like saying like San Fran or mm. or if someone came mm. down here and was like. Actually, I mean, people say New Orleans wrong all the way, all the time. So. Just say Boston. How, just say, just say Boston. Yeah, but that's not accurate enough for me, Chris. I have to be like, accurate. I don't know how. I, I mean, I'm like 15 minutes from Boston. It's not that big of a deal. Um, You're 15 minutes from like eight states, though. Like, that doesn't count. That's true. But yeah, it don't mean anything out I'm here. I'm 15 minutes from town, Chris. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's so funny because, like, you know, we've said it before, but Jess lives in a different state and it's an hour away. That's it. Like, it's like 59 minutes and 59 seconds. It's like just under an hour. I mean, with traffic, it's like four and a half hours because you have to go through Boston. But um, it's just it's just funny because I know you probably get to drive an hour to get to, you know, a a coffee shop or something down there. 
the nearest Starbucks to me would be, depending on traffic, anywhere from like 20 to 35 minutes away. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like anything that's 25 minutes away, I'm like, I don't think I have enough time today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it out there. I got lucky today. I was supposed to go um, two and a half hours away to do some work and then drive two and a half hours back, but they canceled on me yesterday, so I didn't have to drive for five hours today, which is a good thing. So. That's good. That's good, because that's too many hours to drive. It's, that's a road trip, you know? That's, 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 the, that's the life, Chris. That's what I do. That's all I do. Ooh. You know, it's funny. Whenever I go to Maine, that's also just a one-hour drive. Granted, I'm going to southern Maine. I'm not going up into the you know the deep shit. Um, You're not going to dairy because anything deep in Maine, you know, that's like two thousand miles away, and and you know the hills have eyes or whatever out there. So, um, it, it's it's very weird to just be so close to everything, I guess, and still never do anything. <laughs> but you know, I'm a gamer, and as a as a gamer, I don't get out a lot. That's, true. that's that's my choice. <laughs> You've uh you consumed like all of Mass Effect in like four mm. days, it seems like. I know. No, I did it was pretty quick. I think I got it on Friday, uh, which is less than a week ago. <laughs> and um did I talk about it last week? I can't remember. No, I guess not. No, no, because we recorded before have Friday, it. so we we, didn't, we, were, mm, we were both yeah. talking about um, possibly getting it, um, I think. Okay, that's what it was. All right. So, yeah, completely forgot how much I loved Mass Effect. Convinced myself in the last, you know, 10 or so years that it was just sort of like mainstream gamer kind of just BS, you know? I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't, it's, you know, it's published by EA and like... I don't know, I'm not into it, man. This just everybody's always got their N7 hoodies on and shit. Like I'm just I'm not into it. And then I replayed the first one. I was like, never mind. Mm-mm. No, I was up my whole ass with that one. Um, that's I have to take the L on this one because I was just wrong, and I was just being an asshole internally. Um, played the first Mass Effect. Expected to kind of bear with it because mm-hmm. I know that like two and three, the gameplay improves a lot, and they're a lot more fun to play. Um, so I, I was just like, I'm going to get through one. It'll, it'll be okay. But no, I totally loved it. Um, and knowing that it still gets better is very exciting. But part of the reason I got through it so fast was I got my, um, my second vaccine and I knew it was going to kick my ass. So I just took two days off of work and it did kick my ass. And I just basically stayed in bed for two days playing video games, which was kind of <laughs> great. Um, I finished a couple books. Like I got like a, so much leisure time in. Um, and I, I beat Mass Effect last night, got the platinum for it as well, which was exciting. Um, super easy to do. Um, yeah, still like something about that world, I guess, just still really got its hooks in me took me by surprise i started reading or listening to the audiobook of uh a prequel novel <laughs> to mass effect okay okay um, so fully you know, back the, you on know, your bullshit is what i'm hearing i just was like i want to just fucking get into it you know and um then i was like oh i wonder are they doing something new with this series i can't and i totally forgot that they basically announced mass effect 4 yeah it's not called that but the the, the teaser has some of the characters in it and stuff so you know it's related it's a it's a um, proper sequel instead of andromeda which is more of a uh, spinoff mm-hmm. yeah but uh were the improvements yeah, I don't know. like just, worthwhile i've heard everybody seems to be raving about how how much better it plays and how much better it looks. i can't re- I, I thinking about it i'm like did they make this better or was it always this good 
because I, I used to go back and play Mass Effect 1 all the time. Not all the time, but when I was really into 2 and 3, I think specifically 2, I would go back and play a whole fucking playthrough of Mass Effect 1 just to get different stuff in Mass Effect 2. Sure. Because um, when you know what you're doing, it doesn't take that long. You just do the main missions. You can kind of rush through it and stuff. Um, you know, I was like 20. I had nothing but fucking free time, man. <laughs> um, so... I would just go back and play it all the time, but I would always kind of dread it a little bit, especially when three came out. I was like, man, I don't want to go back and play one again. Like it's so slow and it's just different. And I don't want to do it. But um, going into it now with no expectations, I got to the new like redesigned main menu where you can select Mass Effect one, two or three and the music that started playing. Like right from that second, I was like, "Uh oh, I'm in. I'm fully in." Like, I remember this. This is so. This is bringing back so many great memories. And like, Mass Effect was one of those things that had enough mass appeal, which is kind of the thing that in my memory made me think that I didn't like it anymore. Um, but it had enough mass appeal that I had a lot of different friends who were into Mass Effect. So I could, you know, we were always talking about it, and and our decisions and crap like that. So it was a very, it was a fun time and just coming back to it now and just kind of like seeing everybody on the internet excited about it again, going through it and having a great time was a, was a very nice little treat. And, um, now that I have the platinum, I'm finally ready to move on to mass effect Two. the best. Hopefully one. I'll still enjoy just as much. Yeah. <laughs> the best that's, one in the series. It's the best one. It's the best one. Mass effect. I one, somehow remember uh, it the least. I don't know. I don't know why, but is it, did you go Paragon or Renegade? I don't even remember. I don't even know if those things are options. I'm sure they are. Those are, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And, uh, I was, I, on this playthrough on Paragon, okay. I think I've, I've done both in the past. I think the, in Mass Effect 2 and 3, the Renegade options were by far the more entertaining ones. Like I just, oh, yeah. It's always like you interrupt a conversation just by like blowing a dude away. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing that sticks out of my memory of like talking to the, what, what is Rex? What is the name of Rex species? The, He's a Krogan. A Krogan. Like talking to some Krogan dude and he was like being all preachy at me and then like it came up and it was like, shoot him <laughs> as a renegade option. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> Pulled that fucking trigger as fast as I could. And then like, bam, the conversation fucking over. And I was like, yes, this, this yeah. rules. I'm into that. Um, I, I lost my train of thought, but um, fuck. Sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, Matt, no, 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 no. Uh, I interrupted myself earlier and told you about something different than what I meant to tell you about. Um, oh, two things. Okay, one, one is the book. The other one is the trophy. So I did my main playthrough, got basically every single trophy in the game without having to, to do much of anything. Um, I just played the game the way that I wanted to play it. I was doing lots of side quests and exploring and just having a good time. And I got almost everything. So that left me with just a handful of trophies that you get for like use, you know, XYZ skill 25 times. And my character and nobody in my party had um, this certain skill. So I had to start a new game to learn that skill, to use it a few times. It, it took like an hour and a half. It wasn't a big deal. Um, but the other trophy that I didn't realize I had missed was one that just says complete the majority of the game. I was like, well, that's very vague. <laughs> well, I've completed uh, so all looked, of the game. What are you talking about? <laughs> I looked it up. I looked it up, and, I, and you have to c complete um, 45 to 50 missions, which I thought I had already done, but I think it doesn't count like the main story quests. That, gotcha. Those are not part of it. So it's like you have to complete 45 to 50 side quests. And you can lock yourself um, out of side quests in that, like, by progressing the story. You certainly can. Yeah. You certainly can. So I'm thinking, holy shit, if I miss that trophy, I'm screwed. Because I wasn't like 
backing up save files and like trying to be I was just moving forward. I had I had like three different running saves. Um, but after a certain point, there's kind of no turning back. And I got to that point. Thankfully, I, I found a save that was far enough back. I had to like redo a boss fight and stuff. It was far enough back that I could still do some side quests. It had just, you know, cut off a certain area to me. So I went in last night. I did every single side quest that I could. Um, and then I realized that was it. Like, I'm, I ha- I'm sure there's more side quests hidden out there if I can go to different random planets and stuff. But right now, it's either all the stuff that I can't complete because I can't go back to this certain place or I've done everything and that's it. I finished the very last one that I had thinking like, well, this was a fucking waste of time because it was number 44 and you need 45 to 50. But I turned in number 44 and I got the trophy and that was it. I had what I needed. I got the platinum. It was over. (laughs) (laughs) But I couldn't believe that shit. Um, Thankfully, it just worked out. But yeah, I'm having. Oh, and the other. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. ahead, Because I'm about to change the subject off Mass Effect. So finish your Mass Effect stuff. So this book, right? I, I, I always kind of like look into the shit. There's, you know, uh, Resident Evil tie-in books. They have nothing to do with anything. They're just some of them are just retellings of the games. And I just I like that shit. I like kind of like a bad <laughs> book <laughs> like that sometimes. Um, I looked at these Mass Effect books. I remembered seeing them around, and the reviews on most of them were like pretty good. People seemed to like actually like these. And I was like, fuck it, okay. I got extra credits on Audible. Let me, let me grab a Mass Effect book. So I got this one. It's called Mass Effect Revelation. I think it came out before the video game. So this was kind of like, you know, this is 2007. They're trying to build hype for this new thing that they're doing. Let's put out a book, right? Um, so I pick up the book and it does like a pretty good job <laughs> of like explaining things and making it entertaining. The prose is like, really decent which you don't expect for like a random tie-in novel um but it's just like a very solid sci-fi novel and i'm really surprised so far it follows uh captain anderson when he was younger and then Saren, who's the um antagonist of of the first game and um just just some shit that they get up to but i was uh i was really really pleasantly surprised so if you if you find yourself fully into mass effect at some point in the near future check this book out it's kind of worth it this dude wrote a lot of Star Wars books. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, Drew Karpshin. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he he did quite a few. The Darth Bane series. Oh. Yeah. So. Well. The Rule of Two, Star Wars Legends. Dude's got fucking chops. He's got, he's got some sci-fi chops, my man. Yeah. <clears throat> like the very first like page of this book is, is not page, but chapter is just describing how humanity found an alien bunker on mars and that is what changed everything um because inside that bunker there was all this ancient prothean technology that allowed them to um discover the mass effect relay so they could do interstellar travel and all this it just explains it in a very understandable way because i'm thinking somebody's reading this before playing the game right so they have they have to just lay it out all basically but then he starts talking about how it all back on earth it started like dividing religions and stuff and, and just fucking all this stuff up because it's you know throwing the bible out the out the window and um how all of that's changing and then on the other hand nations are actually uniting because it's suddenly like holy shit there's aliens out there <laughs> we got to get our shit together down here um but just something about the way the book was presented i was like okay i'm like fully on board this is this is fun dude i i, I know recommendations are poison but hearing you talk about this i just i can't help but think that you would just lose yourself into the expanse books like it's i think you would just fucking like you would go crazy about it yeah that's that's been on my my whatever wish list on there forever 
All right, Returnal. Is that what you were going to tell me about? Yeah, I uh, I was. You mentioned getting the platinum for Mass Effect, and um, mm. as I've been playing Re- Returnal, I I don't know if I've done something or if the game is glitching out, but I've just either the game is really stingy about trophies, or I haven't gotten any trophies in like a long time. <laughs> it's um, like I killed a like I killed a boss, I killed two bosses, um, and didn't get a trophy for either one, which seemed kind of weird. Uh, but like. I don't know when it brings up that like tracking screen that's basically useless. Like it'll be like you know ninety seven percent done, like or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about that. But so yeah, I don't I don't know if that game is is just glitched because <clears throat> people, everybody but me, knock on wood, is having um, stability issues with that game. So uh, who fucking knows? I um, but I I want to spoil a little bit of Returnal. Um, Do it because I think there's something re- it does something really really interesting that I liked. Um, so like if you're not, if you're waiting to see what happens in Returnal after you beat the third boss, like story wise, then like skip ahead or whatever, or I might try to, I'll drop a marker and like try to do something to tell you how long it's going to last. This can be the last thing that we talk about. It can also be the last, yeah, like after this will be, this is, if this is the end of the episode, so you could just, you know, skip on to the next one from here. I promise, I promise Chris won't be funny throughout this conversation. I won't say a fucking word. It'll just be me talking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the game is set up as a roguelite, right? So when you die, you start at the beginning of the game and you have to progress up through where you were and like kill a boss and try to make progression that way. Um, so I defeated the third boss. Okay. Let me back up a minute. So the concept of the game is you crash landed on this like alien world. You're, you're having weird visions. You get this weird signal. You've been tracking the signal for a long time. So, uh, play through the game areas one, two, and three on the third one, you find the tower that the signal is coming from. You ascend the tower that the signal is coming from. And then you like fight the boss. <clears throat> and then after the, you fight the boss and you beat it, which I was stuck on for like four days to the point where I almost put the game down. Um, just like constantly grinding, losing in five minutes where I ever got to the boss, like that kind of stuff. It was really, really discouraging. Finally managed to kill the boss. Super excited. Your character is like, this is the source of the white signal. I'm going to use this to call earth. Right? Happy days. Right. Happy days. Send out the signal. You get like a little cutscene of things that happen. There's a, like a little news splash with the Chiron at the bottom that's like astronaut returns back to Earth and, you know, after so many years away, after thought lost, all this stuff. You see your home, like that you kind of had visions of while you're on the alien planet, which was weird, but, uh, you know, you see like your character um she obviously like has a relationship with somebody or something so she's like with people like it shows you like this whole like lifetime right and then it Mm. shows you a graveyard scene um and then like it's people standing around this grave obviously mourning and and i did not know what was going on and this is like and it fucking got me uh because the perspective as this is happening shifts and then all of a sudden like you're looking up through the open grave as you're being lowered into the grave as like a first person view and then as you're lowered like you all of a sudden you drop like a long way and then you wake up on the alien planet again and like you wake oh, up and, and you're like what the fuck yeah <laughs> and it's because Damn. and it's because you didn't die like or whatever like you actually won the first like quote-unquote run which is you know areas one through three and then when you wake up on the alien planet again, like time has passed on the alien planet. So um, you're in the quote unquote first area, but it's drastically different now. Um, so it's, huh. it's technically the fourth biome. And the fifth one is the same way. The fifth one is like, I don't want to say a reskin because that implies like that they didn't do a lot of work on it or anything, but like it's, it's kind of the second biome, but much, much different, even though it has similar room structures and things. Um, 
but it got me, dude. It, it, I thought it was a really cool thing of like, oh yeah, you, you won and you didn't die, yeah. but then you die of natural causes and then you get zipped back into this horror nightmare that you were, that you permanently exist in apparently. That's super, that's super interesting. Yeah. It got me right back into the game and I've been, I've, I've been playing the hell out of it. I killed the fourth boss pretty quick. The fourth boss is amazing. Uh, like just from a, it's, it's a really fun fight, but also just from like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like a presentation plus standpoint mm-hmm. um i won't go into details mm-hmm. on that but really really cool i unlocked some new weapons um and then the the cool thing that happens is now when i die i don't go back to the first world i start at the fourth world and they automatically give you like a, a big level up at the start so every weapon mm-hmm. you find is like a huge upgrade over what you would normally find when you started the game in the first three areas uh and they have all kinds of cool perks like i found a a machine gun that was like has what they call rising pitch, which means the longer you hold the trigger down, the faster you shoot. Um, and then that oh. can combine with like a life steal perk, <laughs> which is really really fun when you're sitting there unloading on a boss and watching your health bar just you know shoot up. Super super fun stuff like that. Um, yeah, one that gun, sounds. Um... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, one I, gun it is, sounds it, fucking cool. Is is called a pylon, um, and you shoot these little pylons out and they connect to each other like in with like a energy beam that damages people. <laughs> so you can just like, oh. literally I've been like going around and like filling the room up and then hiding behind pillars until everything just dies. And I go and collect the loot. <laughs> I don't, I I'm not shit. fighting at all. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's so you're over the hump. Are you feeling like you've hit the sweet spot with the game now? Well, uh, I played a bunch. Um, I got to the fifth area. And the fifth area has um, similar enemies from the second area that were, or excuse me, from the third area that were giving me a lot of trouble, which are these like flying rocket dudes. Um, and they they shoot rockets at you that seem to home like you know, like way too well. <laughs> like you have to wait till the very mm-hmm. last second, and you can't be like around them because they have like a like a radius that they explode in. So I'm constantly getting hurt by those. And then if you damage them enough, they suicide bomb at you. Um, oh, cool. Which is super fucking cool. And yeah. in this area that I'm in, I have to collect like three keys so I can go fight the boss. Um, once I collect the three keys, I won't have to collect the three keys again, which is good. Uh, but I have to get these three keys, and the way that these things are guarded are seem to be like forty rocket dudes, and then like a guy that can teleport around and just seriously fuck you up. So you just like the whole time, to- Chris. I'm I'm not lying. Like when today, like I, I stopped playing, and like my hands and feet were sweaty. <laughs> Like, I know that sounds gross, but like, I was. That's what happens when I play Sekiro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was that. It's that. And like, I'm running around the arena like a crazy person, just trying to shoot stuff, trying to see if there's any healing items. Um, I got the grappling hook so I can like zip across the map a lot, which is really, really fun. Um, But it can also kind of fuck you up if you get, if you zip to the wrong spot. Uh, It's, and it's good. It's, it's super good. Like, I'm having fun with it, but like, I'm, I'm kind of back into that, like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta really carefully plan this this first area, and then go into the second area, and then get wasted by a bunch of stuff. So, well, but it's well. it's been fun. Um, but I'm I'm mad that yeah. I don't have any trophies for it. Apparently, so I have to figure out what's. Yeah, that's there. that's bogus. There should be some. There should be some boss trophies or something. That's you would, and there was like I remember getting one for the first two bosses. So <laughs> I don't know what happened to the third one. Uh-oh. <laughs> Unless did you turn off notifications for it by accident? I don't think so. But I, I mean, I don't I don't know why I would have done that. Like I don't. I don't like care care about trophies, but I like to see them pop yeah. when they pop. So, 
Mm-hmm. I only care about trophies when I think that I can get the platinum trophy. Exactly. Yeah. If I can't, if I can't, it does, or if it, it's going to take too much effort, it doesn't even phase me at all. I do the I do the skim when I finish a game. Like if I'm still having fun with the game, I'll look at the trophies and be like, "Is there something fun in here that I wouldn't normally mm-hmm. do that I should go do?" Um, but I don't like if I look at it and it's a bunch of like collectathon stuff to get a platinum. I'm like, eh, I have to really be yeah. enjoying the game to to, to get back into that. Mm-hmm. Like I want to I want to see fun stuff. So. Yeah, last night I almost hit that breaking point with Mass Effect. Thankfully, everything worked out. But I was like, if this one thing doesn't work out, fuck it. Fuck I it. might not even play the second not one. Even, not so even going to fuck it with any of this stuff. But now, <laughs> with the second game, I just kind of want to have fun with it. And I don't want to have to worry about trophies and yeah. like following a guide or anything like that. So I think I'm just going to fuck it. And I got the first one. I'll leave it at that. I don't think... That, I don't... I, like, I remember getting the... I was going to say the plat, but like the thousand out of thousand on Mass Effect 2, if I remember mm-hmm. right. And I don't remember it being too, too, too terribly difficult. I remember mining a lot. I did a lot of mining in that game. So. A lot of mining. A lot of mining. Mm. You want to talk about some hunks? Let's do it. Thank you. 